Welcome into Locked On Phillies. We preview the next game of the Phillies Pirates series and talk about the rest of the Philadelphia Phillies schedule and how it might get easier on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked on Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas, former collegiate semi-pro baseball player, and also been talking sports for 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio for years. Happy to be here as you, your host of Locked on Phillies. I want to thank you for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, the Phillies have taken the first two in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. Uh, yesterday, they spoiled what was called Yinzer Palooza out there with the uh, game that we recapped in last episode uh, about Reese Hoskins' heroics in the bottom of, or the top of the 10th, rather, and also the top of the seventh inning. A great game by him. But the Phillies have a chance to win this series tonight. Let's jump into previewing game three between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Pittsburgh Pirates in a bit of an interesting situation. Now, Ranger Suarez is going to make the start for your Philadelphia Phillies. Suarez is looking at a line of a 7-5 and five record with a 3-8-4 ERA. Something else I told you guys, because I already mentioned how I said Nick Castellanos might come around in the second half. He has. Reese Hoskins might get hot in the second half. He has, and I also said Ranger Suarez is probably going to have a better second half that gets him closer to three than he was at four when it's all said and done about his ERA. And so far, so good. And he's got a chance against a uh, tough, not a tough Pirates lineup, but a, a tough lineup if you're a Pirates fan, I should say. Not a very difficult lineup to face. Uh, a tough one to root for when it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Ranger Suarez, to finish off his stats, he has a one three nine whip. In 89 innings pitch, 90 hits allowed, 72 strikeouts. So the strikeout numbers could be up, 34 walks. Those numbers still need to come down a little bit. Nine home runs given up. Now, pretty comparable numbers to who he's facing. Mitch Keller is 3-7 and seven record-wise, but part of that is because he plays for the Pirates. His ERA a little bit higher, about a, uh, a half higher, 4-5-5 compared to Ranger Suarez's 3-8-4. His whip, though, pretty comparable. 1-4-2 whip for Mitch Keller. 139 for Ranger Suarez. 95 innings pitch for Keller, 89 for Suarez. 101 hits given up for Keller, 90 for Suarez. 84 Ks to 72 in favor of Keller. And then both have the same number of walks allowed, 34 each. Both have the same number of home runs allowed, nine home runs each. Ranger Suarez is the better pitcher of the two. But he hasn't been significantly better this year by the stat sheet. And even though he's been improving, uh, this is a game where you look at uh, Mitch Keller and everything going on there. You're like, okay, the Phillies should be able to take advantage of this, but uh, they're not going to be a walkover. Now, I saw Jose Quintana last night, and Quintana is a guy that's a potential trade deadline target for some competitive teams. The Phillies might even take a look at Quintana and see if they want to apply his services. Mitch Keller is not as good as Quintana, and this should be a game where the Phillies can have closer to an offensive performance that they did in game one where they hung eight unanswered runs uh, in the first 
think six or seven innings against Pittsburgh. That's what you should look for. Suarez, meanwhile, on the other hand, should handle this Pittsburgh Pirates lineup. Now let's look up the careers versus each of these pitchers so we can see what's going on. Not a lot of sample size against Mitch Keller. The Phillies and Pirates don't see each other all that often. And Mitch Keller, a pitcher that hasn't really been around for all that long. Kyle Schwarber is four for six career against him. Reese Hoskins is two for two career against Mitch Keller. Alec Bohm, one for two career. Jay Trumuto, three for six career. Nick Castellanos, seven for 21. Of course, Castellanos in the NL Central last year, so would have seen Mitch Keller a bunch when Castellanos was with Cincinnati. D.D. Gregorius, one for two career. So you look at it, and uh, the Phillies hitters that have seen Mitch Keller have had success against him. Derek Hall, Bryson Stott, and Matt Dearling, all young players, have not faced Mitch Keller before, but the guys that have seen him have had success. On the other hand, going to the Pittsburgh lineup and what they have against Ranger Suarez, well, no one in this lineup has ever gotten a hit against Ranger Suarez. Only a couple guys have ever faced him. Cabrian Hayes, Ben Gamble have both faced Ranger Suarez in their careers, and Kevin Newman is the other player on the Pirates who has faced Ranger Suarez. But all the other guys in the lineup tonight are not facing Ranger Suarez at any point in their season up until this point. So they're not giving us any idea of what they have career-wise against Suarez to go after. But Newman, Allen, Hayes, Chavis, Chavis, <laughs> Michael Chavis, Ben Gamble, Castillo, Madri, and Mitchell DeLay is how the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates line up as I hit my microphone. Sorry about that. Schwarber, Hoskins, Bohm. Romuto, Cassianos, Derek Hall, Stott, Gregorius, Veerling is how the Phillies line up. Alec Bohm moves up to the three-hole, which is interesting there. JT Romuto batting cleanup. Nick Cassianos still five. Derek Hall a little bit lower at six to try and jumpstart his bat a little bit more. And uh, you're seeing a righty, so look for guys like Derek Hall, Bryson Stott, Didi Gregorius in the six, seven, and eight holes, respectively, to make a lot of noise down there. And, of course, Kyle Schwarber batting leadoff will do that as well against righties. Uh, we haven't done this, the batting leaders recently. Brian Reynolds leads in general for the Pittsburgh Pirates in every major category. That's why he's a big-time name around the trade deadline and why I don't think that the Pirates will end up moving him because I think they do like him too much to, to part with him. But as far as the Phillies who's leading, Kyle Schwarber's leading the team in home runs with 32. Kyle Schwarber's leading the team in RBIs with 65, but Alec Bohm is the leader in the clubhouse with a 296 average. He's been outstanding, two for five in each of the first two games in this series. We'll see if he can continue to stay hot against Mitch Keller tonight. And the matchup prediction, well, 65.9% chance for the Phillies to take this one, according to ESPN Analytics. The Pirates a 34.1% chance to win. Frankly, I don't want to say that this is a lock win because I don't want to jinx them. And you saw last night the Pirates have a little bit of fight in them. This is a team that's given some really good teams trouble. And I do not think the Phillies are going to have a four-game sweep of the Pirates. I don't. It's hard to beat a Major League Baseball team four times in a row. Maybe you can, and we'll look at it. But uh, I do think this is another win tonight. I think this is the chance for the Phillies to win the series. And then in game four, well, we'll see how everything plays out there you'll have uh you have an opportunity to go ahead and see uh who will throw for nola yeah nola will get game four and a little bit of a, an update with kyle gibson who was supposed to throw one of the two games in atlanta coming up 
to start next week. Kyle Gibson uh, went on the bereavement list today. Unfortunately, his grandmother passed away. So he's chosen to go be with family, spend some time away from the team, uh, wishing him all the best, thinking of him and his family, a, a, a tough loss for them in a tough situation. So wishing all the best for Kyle Gibson. He will not make his start, so the Phillies will have to go a bullpen game against the Atlanta Braves. So that makes it even more important that the Phillies take care of business in Pittsburgh against the very beatable Pittsburgh Pirates because that Atlanta series just got a little bit tougher. But coming up, I'm going to tell you why the Philadelphia Phillies easy schedule. Well, it's going to get even easier. We'll look at where they are in the NL wildcard race, where they are strength of schedule now that they're under 60 games remaining, and uh, talk a little bit about how, I'll give you a hint, why their schedule gets easier, Yeah, how the trade deadline affects the teams that the Philadelphia Phillies are going to play the rest of the way because there's going to be a couple big opportunities for Philadelphia coming up. All of that on the next segment here on today's Locked on Phillies. First, though, let me tell you about our friends over at Blue Nile. So maybe you're ready to pop the question. Maybe you're celebrating a milestone moment. But either way, you can find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. You can customize your engagement ring purchase at Blue Nile with everything from the shape, clarity, setting, everything like that can be customized. You can have some help of the bench jewelers of Blue Nile to create it, but if you need some advice, well, they also have jewelry experts on hand 24-7 at Blue Nile. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, let's talk about the remaining schedule of the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies with a 53-47 and record. So trust me, I'm going to do the math for you right here. 53 plus 47, nice round numbers. It's 100 games. That means the Phillies have 62 games left to go on the season to get to that magic number of 162 and see whether or not they make their way in. Now, looking at the strength of schedule the rest of the way, this is the first thing we're going to take a peek at. The Philadelphia Phillies and the St. Louis Cardinals are just in a dead heat for that third and final wild card spot. And unfortunately for the Phillies, The St. Louis Cardinals still have the easiest strength of schedule remaining in all of Major League Baseball. A combined 463 winning percentage for the teams that they have playing. They play six against Washington, eight against the Reds, nine against the Pirates, 11 against the Cubs, six against the Rockies, and three against the Diamondbacks. Those being the easiest games for those St. Louis Cardinals. But the Phillies, the Phillies have the fifth easiest schedule remaining, only a 476 combined winning percentage teams under 500 combined the rest of the way. And they get 11 against Washington, seven against Cincinnati, five against Pittsburgh, still remaining three against Chicago, three against the Arizona Diamondbacks and nine against the Miami Marlins. So not as easy as what you're looking at for St. Louis, but still easy compared to to what the average Major League Baseball team has remaining. And let me tell you why the Philadelphia Phillies schedule could get even easier. And we're going to run through and just look at how their schedule breaks out. I know I did this following the All-Star break, but 
Uh, bear with me. You'll see why exactly I'm talking about all of this. Now, following the series in Pittsburgh, they head to Atlanta. That'll be the first series since the trade deadline, and Atlanta's not going to get any easier to play against. But Washington, four games in Washington following that series in Atlanta. What if Washington trades Josh Bell and Juan Soto? That team goes from easy to beat to impossible to lose to. It's very possible that Juan Soto could be a member of a different team come August 2nd. And Washington not having him would make it so much easier to beat that team. They could also move Patrick Corbin as part of a salary dump. They can move Josh Bell, like I mentioned, as part of an ancillary move to a different team to try and just fully go tank mode and everything there and try and totally rebuild. But Washington is a team that even though they look easy to play against, well, they're going to be even easier than what you assume they are now by the end of the trade deadline because they're selling off. And the Philadelphia Phillies, well, they play them 11 times the rest of the way. A huge advantage. Uh, next, a series with Miami. Now, Miami's going to be tough to play against because they're still a talented team and they're not really in seller's mode because they're still hanging on a little bit to hope that they can make a late-season run. Nine games against Miami is going to be a tough task for the Philadelphia Phillies, and those series could ultimately make or break the playoff run. A tough stretch in the midst of August where you spend uh, seven of nine games or seven of 10 games, rather, I should say, taking on the New York Mets. Three in New York, three in Cincinnati to break it up, and then four more versus New York at Citizens Bank Park. Huge series against the Mets. But Cincinnati, same thing as Washington. They've already moved Luis Castillo. If Tyler Malley moves, okay, another benefit. If Brandon Drury moves, another benefit. And that Cincinnati team that's already one of the worst in baseball becomes absolutely terrible. Oh, yeah, and following those four games against the Mets at Citizens Bank Park, guess who visits? The Reds again for four more. Then the Pirates for three more. Haven't mentioned the Pirates, even though you're playing them right now. You're beating the Pirates with Brian Reynolds. Uh, you're beating the Pirates with other talented players there, Jose Quintana. You're beating the Pirates with a full roster. By the time we get to August 26, 27, 28, the Pirates could be sitting people resting people. They, they could have sent some guys down. They could have traded some of their bigger arms or their Brian Reynolds, their best player. Like It's very possible all these things happen, and the Pirates become easier to play against. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they could be selling off some guys. They could be easier to beat. That's where you go following those seven games against Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. The San Francisco is going to be a tough series, but then you see Miami, Washington, Miami again. Like These are winnable games, and some of these teams, uh, September, end of September, you get three games against the Cubs. The Cubs are selling off guys. Ian Happ could be gone. Contreras could be gone. you got to keep an eye on where everyone goes there. But my point is, when we look at the MLB remaining strength of schedule, the Phillies already look like they have an easy path. But it gets even easier than that. As these teams sell off, the Phillies have more opportunity to beat worse teams. And there's something else that I really want to bring up as far as best case scenario for the Philadelphia Phillies. I think the best case scenario for some of these top free agents, and I'm talking Shohei Otani, I'm talking Juan Soto, Martin Perez, guys like this that are, and Martin Perez is not in the conversation with those guys, guys that are like all-star level guys that could be moved. I think it benefits the Phillies if those guys go to teams like the Dodgers or the Yankees, teams like that. 
What would hurt the Phillies is if Soto goes to the Cardinals and uh, I don't know, Otani goes to the Giants and you end up in a situation where the teams that the Phillies are going to be fighting with for that final wild card spot, they get significantly better. If the teams that are already significantly better than the Phillies get better, you're still in the same spot. What you can't have is a team that you're in direct competition with, mainly looking at the St. Louis Cardinals, also at the Atlanta Braves, stuff like that. You can't let those teams get significantly better. So that's why I say, like, if Soto goes to the Yankees, whatever. It doesn't hurt the Phillies, really. It actually helps them by making the Nationals worse. If Otani goes to the Blue Jays, cool. Just another great player that doesn't end up in a division where he could hurt the Phillies or in the league where he could hurt the Phillies. So if the Phillies don't make big moves, we're also rooting for those big-name players to go places they can't hurt the Phillies. And even though it sounds crazy to want the Dodgers to get better or the Yankees to get better or teams like that to improve, well, it helps the Phillies make their way into the playoffs, and uh, that is obviously the ultimate goal. So that's something that I'm rooting for and something that I'm keeping an eye on as we get – even closer to the trade deadline on August 2nd. Go back and check out the latest episode, or two episodes ago, rather, which was a trade deadline preview if you want to know my further thoughts on players potentially available for the Philadelphia Phillies. Finally, coming up, our next segment as we wrap up is going to be off the poll. And I've got a poll question surrounding the trade deadline, a quick check-in before we get there, your last thoughts before the trade deadline to know well, what a successful trade deadline will entail. That coming up next on Locked on Phillies. All right, I got to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, National Football League, the National Basketball Association, National Hockey League, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they've got you covered for all of that stuff. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, it's time for Off the Poll. If you're not familiar with Off the Poll is the segment, uh, it's basically a play on words, hitting a home run off the poll. Well, it's a Twitter poll where we can get your interaction. So if you don't follow the Locked on Phillies Twitter account, it's at LO underscore Phillies. If you don't follow my Twitter account, at ConnorThomas975, you can follow that. If you're watching on YouTube, you see my handle right there. Go ahead and shoot me a follow. I put out some great content uh, there, and we'll also put out our Off the Poll Twitter poll there so you can – chime in on everything going on so i want to know ahead of the trade deadline what would constitute or what is the phillies biggest need as they head into the trade deadline bullpen back end starter center fielder infielder and i'll add all that together even though the phillies have already made a move for edmundo sosa from the st louis cardinals we talked about that in the trade deadline and the previous episode Everything's already been broken down with him and what he brings as a plus infield glove. And it's probably a setup for another move. So we'll see. That's why it's still an option because they could go and get a higher caliber infielder there. And Sosa could have been a setup to be an ancillary piece or just a guy that fills a hole if Didi Gregorius and Jairo Munoz or Johan Camargo are moved on from. But the options, again, bullpen, back end starter, center fielder, infielder. 
what is your biggest need heading into the MLB trade deadline coming up on August 2nd for the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm very interested, and we'll see who ends up getting it right with what they make the move and who agrees with Dave Dombrowski more. And I'll tell you my thoughts in our next episode when I put that out because that's the second part of Off the Pole. I'll respond and give you my thoughts and kind of try and diagnose why the general public picked who they picked on the poll or what option they picked. So that'll be on the next episode, but that's our Off the Pole question for this week. And that's all I've got for today's episode. So thank you for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan. Make sure you call him Sully. He does a great job covering Major League Baseball, covering the big storylines, adding in his own sense of humor. And he's been following the game for a long time. So his sense of knowing the history of the game, it's great information. It's a great podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. So check out Locked On MLB with my good friend, Paul Francis Sullivan. Sully. That's again all for today. And uh, we will catch up with you with a recap of Phillies Pirates game three, a recap of off the pole and our final episode for the month of July coming up tomorrow on our next Locked on Phillies.